0: Welcome to Everyday Cannabis with host Eva Sativa This groundbreaking podcast aims to clear the smoke on Reefer Madness by providing honest, open, and real cannabis talk with no sticks, no seeds, and no shame Now, here's your host, Eva Sativa
1: Welcome and you are listening to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa, my trusty service dog, Boris. And today's fantastic guests are in our live studio audience. That's right. For the first time ever, we are live today from the Big Horn Bar and Restaurant in the biggest little city, Reno, Nevada, located at 1325 West 7th Street, where the food is amazing. The service is beyond the best, and it's truly a welcoming home away from home. Just like Cheers! Just a lot hipper (laughs) and not at all pretentious. They are gracious enough to allow us to have our We Can 775 patient advocacy group meetings here. And so today, everyone's invited, and that means you too. So feel free to ask a question and be part of the show. We're also live tweeting during the episode. Eva Sativa775 is my Instagram and Twitter handle. You can also follow me on Facebook or connect on LinkedIn. My full name is Eva Sativa Losi Grossman, or just email me at Eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. Let me know what you want to know about. Oh, Boris is into it. <laughs> Cannabis. Uh, do you have any questions for growers? Questions for doctors? Questions for lawyers? Maybe. Hip hop artists or Boris, <laughs> we all have, have all and more coming up on episode uh, episodes soon. Which before we start the show, I, I would like to give a shout out to uh, two of the most amazing things that have ever happened to me, both in the same week last week. I got a chance to meet and interview the great Eugene Monroe, NFL uh, former NFL player, who is just the most awesome person on the planet. He was so fantastic for letting me interview him. I hope I'll be seeing more of him, and that'll be coming up soon. He's just a great, caring guy, and uh, I I just can't say enough about him. Also, some of the girls here and I went to the I Love the 90s tour over the weekend. (laughs) Yes. And uh, we, just out of sure luck, were able to meet uh, some of those amazing people. Um, we were able to meet and go bowling with uh, some of the members uh, Peppa and uh, DJ Bourne Coolio uh, who else did we meet gals uh, Spinderella yes Spinderella and uh, um, Rob Bass yep Yep. Pretty, pretty much the whole cast and crew yeah, of I Love the 90s and, yeah. and we didn't have a press pass or anything that's how cool they are yeah. uh, we were just just fans just fans and and we were able to talk to them talk about Cannabis and uh, their feelings on cannabis, and I'm hoping that maybe they'll maybe they'll come on the show and share their views because they are philosophers and geniuses and talented and have great views about cannabis and the situation with legalizing and, and all of that. So I just want to thank you guys for being incredible, and we hope to see you soon. You have big fans and supporters from the Eva Sativa show. So. Um, I am very lucky to have some even more fantastic guests with me today, Um, lucky not just because they are fantastic, but because they are most definitely the busiest people I know. They do incredibly challenging jobs in the most regulated industry in the country, at least here in Nevada, that causes many cutthroat sharks of businessmen to cry into their Cheerios. These women do this work with grace, elegance, and a smile on their faces, and take care of their housework, their children, their husbands, maybe, and on and on. It's the on and on that I want to talk about today. And that is the challenges of either working in this industry. And being a cannabis patient, being the parent of a patient, uh, being a caregiver and a spouse, being a mom, and and all the challenges that that bring forth from being a parent and also working in this industry, which is not fully legal at this point in time. Um, Any combination thereof of those things, you know, parent and and industry worker or, you know, parent and patient, you know, and combinations of these things and the issues this causes, the challenges you face, and any practical advice for our listeners to take away with them today. Now, this isn't considered legal or medical advice, but, you know, with the caveat, but um, how to deal with these issues. So, first, I'm going to introduce uh, my partner in doing pro bono work until we drop, Uh, the queen of all things cannabidiol, CBD, CC CBDCC or Queen CBDCC um my co-president of the newest chapter of We Can 775 here in Nevada industry and business consultant broker founder and CEO of the Cannabis Network for Business Owners and with all that she still finds time to take care of herself as she is disabled and her wonderfully brilliant husband but let's admit it they can be like extra kids and two delightful young children and she even takes care of me quite often when i need the tlc good afternoon cc and thanks for joining us today i am so excited to have you as a guest and blessed to have you in my life thank you hi cc
2: Hi, Eva. Thank you so much for having me today.
1: Thank you for being here. We also have Sarah lien Am I pronouncing that right? Okay. I, all right. And she is a mother of two adorable and energetic. I mean, just the sweetest boys I've ever seen. They're always hanging on you like little monkeys. It's so cute. Uh, Sarah also works as a director of research at Pistol and Stigma. And has aided in many applications as the creation of best practices and SOPs for MMEs of all kinds. She paid her initial dues working as a seasonal laborer on many cannabis farms in California. While doing all of this, she's uh, also become a trained birth doula, an expert in sandbag construction, and is bilingual in English and Spanish. Sarah is a medical cannabis patient and is proud to be teaching her children openly and honestly about cannabis. Yay, Sarah. Thank you for being here today. And again, another amazing bright spot in my life, and I am sure the lives of everyone you touch. Sarah, thank you for joining us and for being my friend. And last, but not in any way least, Sarah Rosenfeld mother and medical marijuana business owner. She has cultivation and extraction and production facilities to work on in multiple states and is in charge of Overseeing product inventory tracking from seed to sale, that is not an easy task, uh, as well as overseeing product inventory uh, tracking. She's the company's spokesperson. She makes frequent media appearances and uh, attends regulatory and state meetings. All of this while being a wife and mom, a truly devoted friend you can count on, an amazing cook who has lifted my spirits with dancing and healed me with homemade matzo ball soup. So from scratch, by the way, Sarah, thank you for being here and thank you for being my friend. <laughs> this episode is all actually based around a viewer question from Caitlin in Arizona. Everyone say hi, Caitlin. Hi, hi, hi Caitlin. Caitlin. She says she is a legal patient and a young mother. She's not sure if she should hide the use from her small child who is the age of three, and his friends as he grows up, or at what age to have the talk.
2: Um,
1: now, uh, I talked so much that we, we don't have a lot. Of, we have about four minutes till a break, so um, this brings up a lot of questions, really that I wanted to do a whole episode on the topic. Now, you guys know that I can't have children because of the accident and the tumor that I have, so I wanted to bring some parents on the show, some moms, that's why the episode's called Women of Weed, Wow, Mom, Um, because I can't really speak to the matter like my guests can today. But I will tell you, this subject comes up a lot, and it can evoke some very strong feelings. So let's remember to be, you know, nonjudgmental and kind. I really don't need to worry about that with this uh, list of guests, but just the responses that we get. Um, So, we're going to talk about a lot of different questions, talking to your child, how do you broach it, especially with young kids, uh, talking to your child's friends. They will inevitably find out, um, will their parents be mad that you educated them? Do you talk to your child's friends' parents? Do you talk to the school? Do you choose to medicate your child, and is it anybody's damn business? CBD or THC or both? Uh, at what age would you allow your child to try it? Would you encourage your child to use MJ rather than alcohol? All of these are the kinds of questions that people are interested in and maybe a lot more. So, I have done a lot of talking, but it's going to be your turn when we come back from the break. And we're going to um, you know, talk about what it's like to be parents in the industry, patients, parents of patients, who are patients, and uh, during the break, don't just uh, think. Add to the conversation. Add to the show. Get your ass on social media and tell us what you think. What do you want to know? I'm Eva Losi Grossman, Eva Sativa. Uh, My Twitter and Instagram handle are EvaSativa775. The 775 is for our area code, in case you all are wondering. That's that's Reno, Nevada. Um, Does anybody... uh, uh, want to plug any of your particular sites while we're here before we go out I'd like to say we can is at wecan uh, we can 775.org and you can find us there and find out more about our patient advocacy organization and uh, Sarah you've got mmg agriculture
3: we're at, yeah we're at
1: www.mmgagriculture.com right. www.mmgagriculture.com
3: that's right and Our website also has all of the information on the press release about our upcoming event, Canna
1: Community Connection. Canna, I'm sorry, can you spell Canna
3: Community Connection. These right there. And you can find that all on our website.
1: And your website is again. our Twitter
3: and our Facebook and our Instagram. It's www.mmgagriculture.com.
1: Awesome. Would anyone else like to get a quick plug in before it's too late? All right, then. This is uh, you're listening to Everyday Cannabis with Eva Sativa, and today we are talking about being a parent in the industry. We're going to get into it deep here, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com/forward/slash/voiceamerica. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the
0: industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Apps.com Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol & Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolAndStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol & Stigma, connecting
4: people to policy and you.
0: Listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. That's Eva at everyday C A N N A B I S radio.com. Now, back
1: to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa, and my co-host, Boris, who is wandering around the bar looking for crumbs. We are here today with a live audience at We Can Patient Advocacy Organizational Meeting. Well, the meeting comes next. We had a little listening party prior. And we are here with my guests, Sarah K., CC, and Sarah R., <laughs> with a summary uh, uh, where we left off. We've been talking about being a parent working in the industry and what what those challenges are welcome back thank you ladies for being here with me today I'm so happy to have you because uh, all these women are cannabis superstars but also my good friends and uh, support system so uh, welcome and so let's, let's tackle these questions um, you know as moms Talking to your child, how do you broach this, especially with young kids?
3: Anyone, anyone? Sarah. You know, since my children were little, um, obviously when they were very young, and even even now, we try to keep them away from smoke as much as possible. But they do understand that, you know, their father uses medicine, and. And that's how they've always called it in fact my youngest who's four he calls it his medicine flowers (laughs) (laughs) and um, of course the hope is that they you know don't talk about it at school but I think at this point it's starting to become destigmatized a little and at this point most of the teachers and the principal at their school know what I do and they actually are excited about it and think it's awesome so um, additionally a lot of their their friends parents are patients and they're extremely excited about the steps that we've taken in this industry in Nevada. They're really excited that they can get medicine so easily now.
1: That is great to hear. You know, I, and I have to say I'm not really surprised because Nevada, since I've been here, has been a very supportive community. Um, I don't know what it's like in other states. But, uh, well, I do. I do. I know what it's like in Florida because that's why I moved here. Um, uh, but this this is years ago, so I can't speak to what it's like now. But uh, that's fantastic to hear. Thank you. Would anyone else like to tackle this question?
2: Sure. Um, I actually have um, two young children, one that is in school, one that's not, um, and you know, with the factor that um, we, myself and my husband, are both patients, um, and uh, you know, we utilize the medicine within the home. Um, my traditional forms of, of taking the medicine are um, either uh, supplemental like um, in, in a pill form and a capsule form, uh, like a coconut oil capsule form and um, vaping um, as well as lozenges or um, uh, CBD edibles. Um, I'm mostly a CBD patient. I use um, very low limits of THC. I can't do more than 6% at any one given time. So. Um, It really um, helps me to introduce my children to it by the purpose of CBD, first and foremost. Um, And my husband, though, is a a THC user, and and he's pretty, you know, religious about it. Um, However, the children, you know, really look at it as a a secondary part of our life. It's not um, a foreign substance. It's not something to be afraid of. Um, we don't uh, try and hide it from them. We're very open about it. Um, and the children don't even try to touch um, the vape pens. They don't even try to touch the medicine. It's, it's something that they're just accustomed to in our household. Um, however, when it comes to anything like edibles and, and things that might be um, appeasing to them, we do keep those um, in a different refrigerator, up high, you know, out of reach, um, just in case. I'm not worried that they would ever... Um, you know, become deathly ill from it. Um, you know, and, and the good thing is, is, you know, marijuana doesn't show that there's a mortality rate. Um, and so at this point, we're very comfortable having it in our house. I would rather them see that than uh, painkillers, opiates, um, things that they can get their hands on that are in my med- that you know, that could be in my medicine cabinet, which are no longer, thanks to cannabis. Um, but those are things that actually, if my child took, could die from. So, you know what, I'd rather have the marijuana
1: be in front of their face. That is such a good point, Cece. You know, there's such a big um, hullabaloo made about the cannabis products being appealing to children, and meanwhile, there's, you know, Ritalin gummy bears or whatever, Um, you know, so I can go into Walgreens right now, and I, I have literally, you know, done this, gone there and seen at children's eye level, um, all these products with teddy bears and gummy bears and, you know, children's allergies, medicines and vitamins and, uh, aspirin and things advertised totally to children with little bears and flowers and people, uh, and they could overdose on that medicine and die. Um, but, you know, I know as a, as someone who has worked in the business, we have such strict regulations as to how we can, um, create these products and make sure that they're safe and then once it's in the hands of a responsible parent like yourself um, you know you you, to keep it away from the child but even if there were some kind of an accident um, it's still safe (laughs) as opposed to these other medicines that are deadly and uh, and it it just uh, is amazing to me um, why is our industry targeted so much when the safety is uh, so so much better uh, comparatively to these other products? Yeah, I
5: saw a speaker talk about this at a conference in Costa Rica, and he mentioned that Tylenol kills something around 100 people per year, and mm-hmm. cannabis is still arguably at zero
1: mm-hmm.
5: um and so he's looking at it like well if my if my projects are killing zero people per year then i'm doing great mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. well and who's to say also that like when you're sick because i mean as a disabled person why does it have to be so depressing like why can't i smile you know a little bit every once in a while when i take my medicine why does it have to be so demoralizing but uh, you know, just just a thought. Um, so, what about what about your child's friends? So, uh, do you hide everything from the child's friends, or if your child's friends' parents, um, do you share openly with them what you do, and uh, and what has the reaction been like? Anyone can take this one. We'll start with Sarah again, or.
3: All of my child's friends that I know, know what I do. Uh And actually none of them have a problem with it. They're all very supportive. I do not keep anything in the house where, you know, my children or their friends can have access to it because I do have a teenager. And I don't believe that my teenager needs to be patient at this point. Uh And so I do keep it away from them, but I don't believe that hiding anything will help us move forward. I think that, you know, my kids' friends, they know who I am, they know that I'm very active at the school, and I volunteer, and I do a lot of things that are great for society in general, and I think that helps them develop a kind of respect for what I am doing as a business person as well. Does
1: anyone here or in the audience um, who wants to talk about it have a have a child um, on medication? Nobody, nobody. So I've had a lot of patients who have children, um, you know, that are that are on medication legally, and um, and we'll bring one of them on the show later down the road. Um, I have not planned for a future episode, but uh, you know, from what I understand, the school has been very supportive. Um, when you, you know, I know you're active, Sarah, um, Sarah R., <laughs> uh, with your school, um, and are, are you open with them about what you do for a living and everything?
3: Oh, absolutely. Everybody at my kids' school knows exactly what I do. And there's actually a number of other parents who are also in this industry at that school.
1: Yeah, see, and that, that's also part of, I think, uh, living in the biggest little city, right? And I think that they're excited to have a, a new industry here. Yeah, and, and the reality
3: is is they knew me long before they knew what I, what I do for a living. And so they have respect for me already. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of the most active parents at that school. I volunteer more than 90% of the parents there. And so they like me. They need me. And they don't think I'm a bad human. So... Even if they come into it with some kind of, you know, negative feelings about the process, I'm sure they think again when they know who I am and they know what I do.
1: Well, and that's how, that's how minds are changed, right? And that's how we can change the world or be the change that we want to see in the world by being, hey, that's that wonderful lady that I know. That's that person who's so kind and thoughtful who, you know, always volunteers who always chaperones she's smart <laughs> I can count on her she's responsible right. she's she's the person that I know gets stuff done and she's a cannabis user or she works in the cannabis industry I need to rethink the way I think about cannabis and and that's how it, how it all happens right because we can break down those walls of stereotypes
3: and honestly just from my own anecdotal experience which obviously is not evidence-based in any way i really haven't met a lot of people who are against it i think a lot of it just comes from big corporations i think that people in general everybody knows somebody who either uses or has benefited from it or knows somebody who has benefited from it in some way or another. And I think that most of the population really is not against it. I think at this point it's the government and it's the large corporations that are against it. And I don't think it's any more complicated than that.
1: I 100% agree with you, Sarah. And I I think that that it is the power of the people that changes the mind of the government. It is well, the patients. Well, it is patients. supposed
3: to be a democracy. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, but it is the I'm patients curious. that are going to the doctors and they're saying, hey, I have been using this. I feel better. I don't need this medicine anymore, and I don't want it. I don't need these epidurals anymore, and I don't want them. I am happy, and this is what is working right, for me. That's right, but
3: you'll find in so many professions that... You know, the letter of the law in certain professions that have, you know, a lot of documentation that they need to abide by, that they're just blatantly against it. And it's really unfortunate. And you'll find it in, in all kinds of professions. You'll find it in law and you'll find it in medicine. And it's just they've been indoctrinated. And mm-hmm. a lot of the individuals are not against it. And some of them come out. But, you know, a lot of, for example, doctors may have fear of the federal government taking away you know certain things that the federal federal government provides either grants or licensing and so you have these doctors who really feel like it's an acceptable thing to do but they're scared
1: right they're afraid they're afraid they're going to lose their license yeah. their DEA and that's number and that does and not all allow for thing. any they're kind of liability. Evolution. right
3: that's right that does not allow for the profession to evolve and it's really unfortunate
1: it's extremely unfortunate So we're going to have to take another break here, but that is going to bring us to uh, a nice segue of something that I'd like to talk about. So you're listening here to the Eva, uh, to uh, Everyday Cannabis with Eva Sativa and my amazing guests, Cece Stanton and Sarah <laughs> How do you pronounce your last name? Kring's Lynn. Kring's Lynn. okay. I just want to make sure I get it right and I don't butcher it. it. <laughs> and to Sarah Rosenfeld. And these are amazing moms who are industry powerhouses, and I'm so fortunate to have them here with me today. We will catch you back on the other side. Uh, please tweet and let us know if you have any questions.
4: Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving.
0: Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Graphs.com. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol & Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolAndStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol & Stigma, connecting people to policy and you Listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. That's Eva at everyday C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-Radio.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, and you are still listening to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa. Boris, my service dog, and three of my favorite people in the world, Cece, Sarah, and Sarah, because they are women of weed. Wow! And they are also moms, something I can't be, but I can certainly ask them about. <laughs> so, um. You have fur kids. Huh? Yeah, I have fur babies. I have fur babies who I love. Like kids, but it's not the same because nobody's gonna give judge me for having uh, having my fur babies and also uh, using cannabis. So where we left off, um, do you ever choose to medicate your your child, or do you ever uh, plan to, or would you? And is it anybody's damn business if you did? Let's just say, like, let's yeah, just say would,
5: that's for me that hypothetical. I don't have. Any children that need treatment so far. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but, but I mean, if, like with CBD, for example, right? Like if your child has a boo boo and you, you use CBD?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. I would definitely use a salve on my kid. I don't know
2: about giving them something that's psychoactive.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to. I mean, there's so yeah. many ways
2: Yeah, I you use, can use, you know. Um, actually, I use um, a CBD salve um, with my son when he has growing pains. Mm-hmm. So, um, I put it on the bottom of his feet. You know, I rub the lotion on his legs, um, put socks on his feet after I put the salve on, and immediately, I mean, it's almost like instantaneous relief for him. So, instead of giving him like an acetaminophen or an ibuprofen, I do that instead. Um, you know, because he's in so much pain with it. So, um, and it, and it alleviates his pain and helps
1: him sleep better. When I was talking to Eugene Monroe, he, actually, he was telling me that he had hurt his ankle and that it was like blown up, you know, just blown up. You you know, I know you guys have probably all seen like a really bad, uh, twisted ankle where it's just like, woof, and it turns into the size of, I don't know, a football. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, he put some CBD, cream on it, that what he uses a lot. And he said he could literally see it go from the size of a football to just shrink down to the normal size. Mm -hmm. That's what's so great about those creams, really. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I use them on my dogs, of course, you know, and uh, and they're totally legal. So like, Mm -hmm. people have a hard time separating the CBD creams and stuff like that from THC. Psychoactive ingredients, yeah. right? So, but I mean, and it's nobody, I, I feel like it's nobody's business anyway. Well, that's I really mean.
5: interesting because essential oils are so popular with mothers right now with the doTERRA mm-hmm. and we had Young Living. Yes. And so many moms are replacing all of their um, drugstore products with essential oils. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting to see a cannabis essential oil, but I think that's just one more medicine that moms can add to their to their medicine cabinet, to their, to their herbal cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. These are things that our kids don't ingest. Most of the time you put it on the bottom of their feet or, you know, on the back of their neck, or on their tummy for whatever, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on. So, yeah, I would
1: totally use that as a treatment for my kids. Uh, and when your, your kids get to be, you know, teenagers, um, what do you think you'll tell them about cannabis use um, compared to recreational, like alcohol. Well, you know,
2: we have to figure, you know, both um, Sarah, Kay, and I have very young children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're both in the same boat when we have to say, you know, 10 years from now when they're hitting that high school age, I think it's going to be more of a norm than it is today. Yeah, um, I It's agree. not going to be the regulation that we're looking at, We, you know, things today. And it's going to be something that doesn't have a stigma, that doesn't have, you know, um, This horrible backlash to it, you know, if you say that you, you know, you're a patient or that you are in the industry. So I think, you know, ten years from now, that's what we're looking at. Now I know um, with the other Sarah, she's has a high school age child currently, Um, and so yeah, and so it's it's different for her than it is for us at this Mm -hmm. point.
3: And I would definitely encourage any teenager not to use any substances. Their brains are not fully developed yet, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so I think it's really important to be fully honest with your children and let them know what the what the long-term effects are of using alcohol or using marijuana. If somebody, if there is a child of that age who has, you know, a medical condition that's going to be aided by it, I definitely think that cannabis in general is less harmful in the long run than a lot of other substances, but if they are a streamlined, relatively normal child without any medical conditions, I would definitely encourage all children to wait, you know, in terms of recreational use until their brain is fully developed.
1: I think that's good advice, you know, I mean, unless you have a, a need for it that the risks um, outweigh, you know, or the, the benefits, benefits outweigh, outweigh the risk. risks, I yeah. always get that backwards, I right? Um, Then, yeah, then that's something you can wait until you're old enough. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm very fortunate to to have
3: very healthy children. But if I had a child who had cancer, God forbid, or seizures, God forbid, Mm. I definitely would look to cannabis before looking to some of the other pharmaceuticals on the market that are. Oh, yeah,
1: I think it should be the first choice. It should be the first um, you know, you try this first because it's safe. I it's believe harmful. in trying everything. I mean, not harmful. It's harmless. Yeah. It there are some
3: beautiful medications on the market that do a lot of good for a lot of people. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah. You know, and I would.
3: Everything has its place. But voice. I would never rule something out just because the no. federal government says it's no. Illegal. Yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. And and I mean, I've seen um, infants um, with you know with seizures disorders with epilepsy, um, young children with autism, um, and and seeing them take. Um, uh, you know CBD or CBD with low THC um, and have immediate results within like 48 hours of you know being able to take the medicine um, you know autism uh, patients uh, you know pediatrics that are able to talk and, and visit with their family um, within a matter of 48 hours um, you know infants with with a seizure disorder that go from 300 seizures a day down to maybe one Um so if, if that were my child and that were an option for me, I would do it. And 100%. thankfully, you know, I too am the mother of two very healthy children. Um, don't have any problems like that. Um, just the normal things that, you know, that normal kids go through. Uh, but other than that, you know, if, if it was a need and if it ever became a need in my family, it would be something that we would absolutely visit first first and foremost.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, And I think there's a lot of uh, a rush, you know, when I was younger there was a big rush to put children on psychotropic medications um like Prozac and uh and other Burn. well before it was before Prozac so it was like you know MAO inhibitors and you know any any kind of psychotropic medication if your child just was a little bit of a teenager <laughs> you know um or uh there is a, a lot of uh, overdiagnosis of uh, just being normal ADHD, and, um, yeah. ADHD. yes and uh, and I can say that it was you, sh- you know you, you don't want to mess with people's um, brain chemistry. I think
2: there was a South Park episode on that, actually, where yeah. all the children in the classroom were given <laughs> Ritalin or right. something, and they were but all... For many, oh, people, yeah.
1: for many people, these are great. These are helpful drugs, but for, for you know, it, it, prescribed with caution. But something like marijuana does not have withdrawal symptoms. It does not permanently, you know, affect you in irreversible ways, and it, and it can... It can it can help many many different issues with one medication. Yeah, as opposed to taking one and then that's just kind of helping with the symptom of the underlying root cause, but not really dealing with that underlying root cause. So, um, so one of the things I wanted to actually bring up was. Uh, you know, would you? What would you say to your child if they came to you, and uh, when they're a teenager, maybe? Or what would advice would you give to parents who have teenagers who, um, you know, maybe asking them about alcohol versus cannabis?
5: Um, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because one of the biggest messages from opposition to legalization campaigns in California and probably here in Nevada that has come out um, is that it's not good for children's brains it's not good for the underdeveloped brain that it changes it and when i think about myself i started using cannabis when i was 14 um well before my brain was fully developed and so i feel like when my kids ask me about it i want to be honest to them and say i used it before my my brain was fully developed and did it change me when i look back at the very first time i smoked leaf it's like one of my favorite experiences of my whole life, and just, you know, I had excellent times in high school smoking with my friends, straight up, it's the truth. But it, did it change me? Yeah, it changed the course of my life forever, that's true. And so, I don't think that I would hide that from my kids, I would be honest about that. Um, is it a good or a bad thing? I would say that it was a good thing.
1: Yeah, I, and I think it's important to be honest. Um, honesty and, and having an honest open line of communication with your children, I mean honesty to me is always the best policy. but I'm not a parent so you know that's why I have you guys on the show because
3: well I think one of the problems is that because marijuana has been illegal for so long, we don't have enough data to give our children good advice quite frankly, there haven't been enough studies there haven't there's not enough studies out there and enough evidence out there to really come to your children with a solid, you know, evidence-based answer to Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. I know what I would say about alcohol. I would tell my children, you know, don't Don't. start drinking. It's a bad way to go. Yeah, You know, I know a lot of people who smoked marijuana in high school recreationally, and they're very upstanding citizens, you know, they're great Mm -hmm. people. Did it change them? Maybe, but so did a lot of other things. But I think it would be nice if the federal government, you know, they recently have allowed some kind of research, research and development, which is mm-hmm. terrific because maybe in 20 years we'll have enough evidence to come to our children and say, this is what it actually does to you. Right. This is what it does to your brain.
2: But I also think that today's cannabis is much safer than the cannabis that we had option to in, you know, the 80s and the 90s and everything like that, the stuff that we were around, the stuff that we got in high school, because right now, especially in the state of Nevada, our testing regulations are so high that you're getting almost, almost a pure you know, product, agreed, you know, agreed. versus, I think that you know, definitely something to say the pesticides, pesticides and the heavy metals yeah. and things like that, that, you know, is
3: probably not healthy. I mean, yeah, I try not
2: at right. So if we're going organic, yeah. you know, with our food and our, you know, our produce yeah, and our yeah. foods, and we're trying to keep our children away from the GMOs and the, you know, all this other stuff that's in the waters definitely. and everything else we want to give them that same medicine as well. So why, you know, why am I going to push all these pharmaceuticals on them if I am very holistic about the foods that they eat? So you know, why don't
1: we continue that through their medicine as well? And so speaking of pharmaceuticals, when we get back, we're going to do a little bit of cannabis in the news and talk about the makers of fentanyl and their large donation uh, to cannabis opposition. And they are anti legalization. So we will be back right after this break to talk about that.
4: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store,
0: Blackberry App World, or Android Market. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Crafts.com. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol & Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolAndStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol & Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your Listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. That's Eva at everyday C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-Radio.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hello and and This is Eva Sativa. You are back with Everyday Cannabis, and we are all here talking about what it's like to be a parent in the industry and all kinds of good stuff, but we are about to do a little bit of a news segment that ties into what we were just talking about what's healthy what's not healthy everything has its place there's a lot of medicines that are good when you need them and uh... we rely on those when we're in our times of great great need when we're very very sick but this news just came in this morning that was really disappointing to me. I know you guys may or may not have tuned into the first episode where I told you my story, but um, you know, I've been on and off the uh, because of what happened to me and waking during the surgery and uh, being electrocuted through and through. Um, i've I've been uh, on a lot of different medications, and unfortunately, this is one of them. And at the time I was on it, Well, it helped me with pain, but um, I couldn't wait to get off of it. This medication, fentanyl, um, well, their makers have just donated to the campaign opposing cannabis legalization in Arizona. That's right. NC's Therapeutics, Inc., a pharmaceutical company that makes just one product. This is the only thing they make. Um, it's a sublingual fentanyl spray called subsis. So this isn't exactly what I was taking. I had a very nuisance of a patch. that was uh, the biggest pain in the ass I've ever dealt with in my life. But the makers of this sublingual fentanyl spray, and let me tell you, fentanyl is, it's heavy duty people. Um, they have donated $500,000 to the campaign opposing the ballot initiative aimed at legalizing recreational cannabis in Arizona. Uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, it's spelled I-N-S-Y-S, insys, insys has a bit of a shady reputation in the healthcare world. Hmm. I'm not surprised by this. Just last month, the Illinois attorney general filed a lawsuit against the company, saying their desire for increased profits led it to disregard patients' health and push addictive opioids for non-FDA purposes. Let me just repeat that. Their desire for increased profits led it to disregard patients' health and push addictive opioids for non-FDA-approved purposes. As if selling the synthetic opioid that is more addictive than heroin and responsible for many of the overdoses in this country isn't enough, INSYS has another reason to oppose cannabis legalization. Up until last year, they sold a generic version of Marinol, a synthetic THC, and they're preparing another similar drug for future sales. So I don't know if you guys have been tuning in, but the only deaths that have ever happened related to marijuana is when they created a synthetic weird version of it um, that was some sort of crazy, just junk um, because they're just not happy with the plant, you know. Because God must have made a mistake when He made marijuana, right? You know. I guess and, so. And uh, right. the pharmaceutical industry obviously feels like they're going to do a better job. Um, but yeah, so I, I was on fentanyl patches, and I can tell you that 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 they're a heavy, heavy-duty thing that is meant for people who are in so much pain that you know. Um, they are on the verge of, you know, death. And it is has been way over-prescribed in this country. And, in fact, there was recently a string of deaths of people who thought that they were purchasing um, other drugs but got fentanyl instead. And, and they, uh, you know, off on the black market because of this opiate epidemic in our country. And uh, many, many people died because of this. And uh, instead of reacting to that, fentanyl instead has decided to uh, just try and stop marijuana from being available. Right. Because this is their war on drugs. Right. This is the what their war on drugs is to make sure that their drugs continue to be addictive and uh, continue. And yeah, and continue to to kill people. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, they almost killed me, and uh, and they almost killed Cece. And they have killed a lot of good friends that I miss a lot. They were good people and, and had no idea what they were in for. Um, so you know, I'll go ahead and say it. I think they're bad people. <laughs> Do they give a shit? Probably not. <laughs> but um, that's, that's just not cool. So I wanted to share that news with my listening audience, and um, and and if they wish to respond, I would love to hear what they have to say. So please come on the Eva Sativa show, and uh, with our everyday cannabis with Eva Sativa, and let us know what you were thinking, because we're curious. We have a question, uh, and we have a question, um, and uh, everybody would like to know what's your favorite product. What? Is everybody's favorite product, which is a, di- a difficult question, but um, the people would like to know which of which, which what's each mom's favorite product. If you can narrow it down,
2: okay. Well, this is Cece, and um, as I had previously stated um, in the in the show, um, I am a CBD patient, so I prefer to utilize um, high CBD products. Um, With low THC, um, the maximum amount I can do at any one moment of THC is 6%. Um, I found that out through trial and error, unfortunately. So edibles are pretty much out of my realm unless they're CBD only. Um, I vaporize. Um, My favorite uh, vapes is actually by Open Vape. Um, they actually provide a fantastic product. Um, they've got one that's a webmaster that is like about a 1.4 to one. And then they also have um, a haze, which is more of a one-to-one. 1. Um, both of those products I really, really enjoy. Um, they don't get me high. Um, I have the pain relief that I need um, for my lower back injury. Um, and it also helps alleviate stress and anxiety for me in my life. Um, so with having two young children, you're constantly running around crazy. We can't have a clouded mind. We have to be focused and on point at all time. We're constantly driving. We're going to school and back. We're going to after school activities. We're doing birthday parties. We're you know you name it. And um, so there's at any point you know we can't be. Um, high on an indica that makes us just a couch potato. Um, we just don't have that ability. Um, and so this is, you know, that's why I focus on the CBDs um, or more of the one-to-ones. And so that's kind of what I do. And then Sarah? Yeah, that's interesting what you say. Um, as a parent, it's kind of
5: hard to be high and take care of all your parental duties. So I'm a big fan of microdosing. For me, that means just taking, like, a tiny toke or even, like, a half a toke. And just to see what happens. So uh, my favorite product is just whole flour. I like to experiment with new strains, whether they're indica or sativa. And I think microdosing and even, like, not not consuming for a day to kind of reset my endocannabinoid system, for me, is a fun way to, like, really feel the effects and be able to rate a strain. So that's my favorite thing to do.
3: Um, I'd like to touch on what some of my customers seem to find to be the best thing, which is our original OG Kush strains, which for some reason, their medicinal effects seem to just benefit so many patients out there. And Cece, what I would recommend to you is that recently OpenVAPE in Northern Nevada NBS um, made a pen with an ACDC strain that we provided them. With and it's supposed it's going to be incredible they're just coming out with it and in fact that is what they are going to donate to our new veteran patients at canna community connection Yay!
2: Yay! I can't wait for it thank you for telling me I'm super excited about that
1: and Absolutely. you have just reminded me that I almost forgot that um, we have settled the OG debate so okay, what I'm is from. OG?
3: I am for. from the East Coast. <laughs> it's original gangster. And Did you talk to Julio about? I have <laughs> always <laughs> known
1: that OG to me means original gangster. Okay. Then I moved out here, and everyone was like, "Oh no, no, no! It's ocean grown." And I was like, "What are you talking about this ocean grown crap?" it's original gangster yeah, Coolio said
3: something
2: Coolio Coolio
1: Coolio said it it must be true and all the OG's looked at me like I was (laughs) an insane person when I suggested that it might mean ocean grown but then I was talking to DJ Bourne and he had the best perspective I ever heard of it he said, you know what you know so it's kind of nice that they think that it's ocean grown because they have not lived the life that would lead them to think it would mean original gangster. They're so good for them that they have not had to lead They're that obviously life. Obviously, not from LA. Right? Yeah. Oakland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, your perspective <laughs> is, is what awful. your mind will yeah. <laughs> allow you to understand. And they do not understand, maybe, what an OG is, right? And so, an OG <laughs> knows what OG is. And if you ain't an OG, you just don't know.
2: Right? And we hung out with some OGs on Saturday night. So I think think that they know what the OG stands for.
1: And I want to say that my favorite product right now that beats a lot of products out there right now is Sarah's. <laughs> right. MMG Agriculture has every OJ oh I'm sorry OG original gangster strain and it is the bomb and and I can't stop craving it and my husband is a cultivation facility manager so he's going to help you know cure me kill me when he hears that because I have my own garden we have great you know great products ourselves and I make most of my own medicine but yeah they got some good good OG strains right, at MMG Al- agriculture too. yeah I'm uh, yeah and and uh, I'm not a fan of headbands but it's not it's just because it puts pressure on my head and I have a seizure disorder so but work um, yeah, all those ogs I mean they are they're the original original gangster that's right strains. and a lot
3: of strains have been crossed to try and make them easier to grow which I totally appreciate that desire and if it worked that way I would be a huge fan of it. But what we have found is just like, just like you know, the original tomatoes were just tastier. Mm-hmm, While well,
1: mm-hmm. the original, I don't want no Franken tomato. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I want
1: the tomato.
3: We don't want the tomatoes no. that taste like fish because they've been crossed to stay shinier. I didn't want
1: so. any corn that's been crossed with spiders yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> give me the real deal.
0: Yeah. Give me the real
1: deal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Cannabis. Please join Eva Sativa for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, no sticks, no seeds, no shame.